0: Welcome to the Turquoise Coconut Podcast. In episode 16, we are talking to South Indian violinist and composer Jotsna Srikanth. Welcome to the Turquoise Coconut Podcast. My guest today is the fantastic... Carnatic violinist and composer Dr. Jotsna Shrikant. Thank you so much for spending some time with me.
1: Thank you. Thanks for inviting me, John.
0: I didn't realize that you actually had uh, moved or were in India at the moment. Have you? Have you moved because of the pandemic?
1: I, no, 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 no. no. I, had, I had to come here because some um, relatives not feeling well, close people. They needed support. Anyhow, wherever you work, it's online now, right? So I had to come momentarily. I had to come
0: here. Yeah, that's true. It looks like you've been quite active. You seem to have made the most of it, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. Online, we are doing scheduling lots of concerts and also we did our annual London International Arts Festival online and also Kalatma, which is uh, Indian classical music festival. Everything is going on online and we are getting good response. And, in fact, better response than offline concerts because now our audiences have increased and it's more international and we are able to reach Munuk and Corner of the World.
0: That's great. Do you think um, that you will continue trying to access those people in the future when live music goes back to normal? Will you still try to do online?
1: Accessing? No. UK people, uh, London especially, is fine. But I think we should uh, continue doing something uh, of a hybrid variety where there is both offline and online. Maybe in a three-day festival, one day we do online and two days will be offline. Something like that, maybe. I w- I'm thinking in
0: those lines. Okay. I noticed that you had um, given an interview, I don't know where it was exactly, but about how some companies and uh, promoters had been exploiting musicians during this period. Yes. Could you talk a bit about that?
1: Absolutely. That, that's, that's continuing. That's continuing. So, yeah, there are no funds anywhere, um, especially in uh, UK. Arts Council has been supporting lots of musicians, PRS, Arts Council. But again, not uh, everyone is getting the support so the, yeah, here in these countries it's even horrible regarding support so all these corporates okay especially during national lockdown last year <laughs> now it's a come down a little bit so everyone wanted online concerts but no money and one of the organizers I asked them to just add a link like where there are, there are voluntary donations some donation buttons so they also refused for that but how are artists to survive if you do that yeah. Like like uh, IT professionals, they're working from home. Most of them are, are working from home. For especially okay, if you're into teaching profession as a musician, that's fine. Online team, teaching is continuing online. But if you're a performer, well, uh, all the concepts canc- cancelled. Who is going to understand this? So I had to voice my opinion. To some extent, it did help.
0: It's good that people like you do voice an opinion because it's an easy thing to uh, an easy industry to in which to act exploitative.ly
1: no, I do voice my opinion and become the bad cookie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we need a bad cookie. We do. <laughs> let's let's go back a bit to how you got into music. I know you started when you were very very young. Could you talk about your family and your first few years of playing and 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 such?
1: Um, me, my mother is a vocalist, Carnatic, South Indian Carnatic vocalist. Uh, though she was not a avid performer, she used to teach and she used to go as a chairman for music examinations, government music examinations in Bangalore. So there was exposure to music, and I started learning vocal music. You know, in Carnatic music, it's all vocalized music. We try to imitate the voice. So uh, she uh, started vocal music, and then when I was five years old, she took me to a concert, violin concert. Violin um, was uh, relatively new to India. 1930s, 40s, it came in and got adapted to Indian music. So I got very much attracted, maybe... I had, I had to have a long association with this instrument, so then I I said, if, I'm not going to continue with vocal music. If I at all I'm going to learn music, it's going to be violin. but not, there were no teachers around us. But then even teacher also, somehow I found out, and I was the one who found out a teacher, and then my mother was happy to send in it. That's how it started. By nine, I gave my first concert solo. And I, that, that concert I remember. The, the concert, first concert, violin concert when I went, it was of a legendary violinist called Kundakudi Vaidhinathan. Now he's no more. So that concert which I played when I was nine was before the main concert of Kundakudi Vaidhinathan. I was so uh, excited. So he had to travel from Chennai to Bangalore. So I, uh, mine was a half an hour concert, 6 to 6.30, junior concert. So I had to prepared from prepared uh, with pieces and a little bit of improvisation. And then uh, there was some um, major accident on a bit of Chennai Bangalore Road and he uh, coming on time got delayed. So then uh, they asked me to continue. So from 6 to 6.30, 7, 7.30, 8, 2-hour concert. Then yet they said he's again going to full people. He used to draw huge crowds. So another half an hour somehow you sustain, he's coming and the concert is going to go on until midnight. You know he had two and a half, three hours concerts. <coughs> But then I had exhausted all my stock. I told, I don't know anything. I have played everything for two hours. So then I decided to repeat again from beginning what I did. (laughs) So then he came and then he said, you're not stopping. I'm going to listen to you for half an hour. And that was a great moment for me. Having my inspiration, listen to my first concert. So it continued like that. And uh, I started uh, seeing accompanying vocalists give you so much of uh, experience. So uh, that happened and and then I started learning Western classical music when I was around 16. Because I thought violin as a whole, it it is a Western instrument, it traveled from the West to East. And if to know the violin in its full dimensions, I should know Western classical. And then slowly I started playing for Indian movies, films. So this is how I got exposed to different styles, folk, classical, semi-classical, devotional, all this. And then... That's how, even now, I'm very adventurous, wanting to collaborate with different genres of music.
0: We can talk a lot about those in in a few minutes, because I know you've got some really interesting projects going on with various different people from different cultures. For people who aren't familiar with Indian and South Indian Carnatic music, could you just explain a little bit how it functions? You said already that it's about imitating the vocal star, but what's the shape of a Carnatic recital, for example?
1: Yeah, Indian traditional music is divided into two. That is North Indian or Hindustani music and South Indian or Carnatic music. Carnatic music has a very um, uh, ancient history from the time of the Vedas. It's there Uh, and then it has developed and then uh, it's a mixture of both compositions and improvisations. Whereas North Indian music, it's mainly improvisation, a little bit of compositions. So here we have both tough compositions plus equal amount of improvisation. And then in Carnatic music, um, you see uh, the mridangam, which is a two-sided drum accompanying, whereas in North Indian music, it's the tabla, you know, the tabla accompanies. And then uh, in a Carnatic vocal concert, you always have the violin as an accompaniment. And then if it's a violin concert, then you can have two percussion instruments, along with mridangam, the ghatam or the clay pot, or kanjira which is a single-sided drum, or moching, which is Jewish harp. So, it has form and structure, especially with these compositions. And um, the main foundation of Carnatic music is based on the 72 parent scales, which is co- which are called as uh, Melakartharagas. These are uh, full note scales, seven notes up, seven notes down. And then you have this child scales, parent and child scale concept where the child skills are derived from the parent skills. Example the major Western major scale is called as Shankara Ra Now I, I knock out the fourth and the seventh note. Pa sa sa That's mohana, a pentatonic scale. So this mohana becomes a child of that. That's that's the com that's the so that, that, that's how you get loads of scales, loads of tunes, loads of ragas, and it's quite interesting. And also the rhythmic po- component in Carnatic music is quite strong, I can say. You you learn the rhythm structure of Carnatic music, you can play any music in the world, I can, I can guarantee you. So we have composers, the father of Carnatic music, Dasa from the 15th century, and then uh, uh, even now the con- contemporary composers. Lots of compositions are there.
0: I wanted to ask from my own background with when compared to your background how big a difference does it make playing with different percussionists so for example if you're performing a composition with one percussionist and then the next day you perform with a different percussionist is it a very different atmosphere
1: it is different a difference see what we we don't rehearse it's not rehearsed music it's all extempore. so when i uh, the the way a, one percussionist's Sees the composition or uh, accompanies the improvisation is different from so I the, the, they also do extempore like like how we play the improvisation extempore certain amount of planning goes um, but but then most of it ninety percent happens on stage but it's a fantastic uh, experience and very uh, thrilling I can say because you do not know next what is going to happen and creativity is going to happen on the stage so it is different performing with different percussionists and each of them have their more for uh, have their styles and approaches.
0: And are there certain percussionists that you particularly like to play with or that you've worked with for many years, for example?
1: Yeah, I do have my I'm I am ready to perform with anyone. See that's that's when I call one's uh, oneself as versatile. You must be ready to perform with anyone. And then adaptability is very important. Having said that, yes there are a few percussionists which uh, whom I uh, whom I like to play with.
0: You don't have to mention any don't worry. I might put you on the spot. <laughs> You mentioned that you you did a number of films. I think it's two hundred or three hundred or something crazy. Yes, yes,
1: three hundred more than three hundred uh, South Indian films. Yes. What
0: style of what style of film was that, or is it all styles of film?
1: All you know in Indian films, everything, each and every st- <laughs> style. And in to play for Indian films, especially you must you must know the Western musical, mix Western notations, use the arrangements, all that. So, it, it's mostly a mixture of West and East that I play when I play in films.
0: I don't know much about Indian cinema, but maybe I should educate myself at some point yeah. in the
1: future. <laughs> See, Bollywood is only for Hindi films, but in South India, each language, you know, India is like Europe, many states, and each state has different languages. So, I come from Karnataka, Bangalore. So, the here, Kannada films, then Tamil, Tamil films. So, it's Different films.
0: That's such a vast country as well,
1: and you're diverse. Yes. yes.
0: When did you come over to the UK, and why did you come over to the UK? In
1: uh, 2004, I came over to the UK because my husband started working there. He got deputed as a IT project manager <coughs> from one of the Indian top Indian IT companies. That's how I, I came there. And then I, I had uh, done a few visits to UK prior to that. Uh, as a um, as a visiting artist, I had played in the Queen Elizabeth Hall, and I was not new. People knew me, so establishing took some two to three years. But I found UK a, a fantastic place, uh, which welcomes all styles on earth, all world styles. Got a lot of encouragement, and also to call for collaborations, London is the place because you get you name the genre, you get best musicians. That's one thing. So. UK has done a lot, lot to me
0: <laughs> and you are a practicing pathologist as well I think I should add that
1: uh, yeah I used to be but now I'm completely into music okay. you know you know in India the, the like every individual has two professions and right? education with hobby what developed uh, started as a hobby my violin has become my profession my passion became my profession I, I did both of them until um, a stage where I then I felt that Two legs in two boats are not going to help anymore. So I have to con- uh, continue with my passion and now I'm into
0: total music. It wasn't ever the, the consideration to just pursue music. It was very important for you and your family for you to pursue something more academic. Yes, as well.
1: absolutely. See, I had to choose two: family, medicine, music. I can't leave family. Okay, I, then I have to me, leave music or medicine. I was not ready to me, leave music. <laughs> so obviously medicine. I did love my medicine that because I did my post-graduation in uh, pathology. was a consultant. I, I did not just do my medicine and give up. I did work as a consultant. But then one life, I, sh- I should not regret later saying, oh, I was a nice violinist, but I did not develop my skills.
0: Let's talk about a few of your interesting collaborations and projects in London and, and abroad. One of the ones I've just discovered actually researching for this podcast is your Nordic Raga with colleagues in Sweden.
1: Yes that's a fantastic project actually I met uh, these great uh, Swedish folk musicians in Womix and then uh, we started this collaboration. Um, Nordic music is something totally special a very uh, different rhythm structure different scales like they count 14 17 11 and Carnatic music also is the same, but they don't. They don't have improvisation in their system. But Paar, mobile, the the main uh, saxophone uh, player, player of the North, Nordic band, he was interested in uh, improvisation. So he thought Indian music would be the best. And when we started jamming up, we came up, we came up with something amazing. I'll tell you, that's one of my favorite projects. So we did tour um, in Scandinavian countries, and also in London, we did perform at the say, King's Place. We need to do more, but then. This pandemic has taken over.
0: I've listened to the album and, and I've ordered a copy of it as well, so I'm looking forward to getting my CD. It's oh, um, thank you. Sounds sounds great.
1: Yeah yeah, Matt Cedia, he's a great legendary folk fiddler from Sweden. Violin is supposed to be the traditional instrument of Sweden, in fact. So he see the the style they play is different. Lots of double stop bowings and so so many things like this. It's it's amazing and to blend that with my system was very challenging. But then we managed to. They have this halling halling dances music for halings. So uh, vaults, halings. So it was it was nice for me to mix and match my ragas with the, with their halings.
0: Did you have to learn or create any new raga? Ragas to play with them, or did you adapt ones that were?
1: No, I I did adapt, but yeah, a lot of adaptation happens, and if you know, see, it's 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 a compromise. Any two genres are meeting and collaborating, I will have to come down from my strict principles, 50%, they have to come down from their strict principles for and the 50%, and that that's when collaboration happens. But if you are very rigid, it doesn't happen. I have seen many musicians, very rigid, I'm not going to move an inch from what my thoughts are or what my views are, and you have to come to me. That won't happen. What like I would say, it's like a marriage, it's a compromise.
0: <laughs> you do sing on this album as well. So you still are singing...
1: Yes, I did sing. Yes, yes. See, in Carnatic music, one thing is, see, in Western music, separate music is written for flute, violin, the woodwinds, but in Carnatic music, it's not. It's all for written for vocal music, and we try to imitate the voice, which is called as vocalized style or the Gayaki style. Gayaki means singer in Sanskrit. So, uh, singing is very much a part of uh, instrument playing. Yeah, I'm, I'm formally trained in singing also. Later, only I took up violin, so I'm comfortable with that. But see, sometimes what what happens if I try to do too many things on stage? I will I will lose identity. So that's the reason I I stuck on to violin.
0: I've also read in, in the liner notes to some of, one of your other albums that you're praised for your bhava. Am I saying that correctly? Bhava?
1: Yeah, bhava means expression, expressive playing. Okay. Vocalised, expressive playing, bhava. Bhava is again a Sanskrit word for expression.
0: Okay. Is that a quite, is it a hard thing to explain that word or is it really very specifically just it's about the the expression in the playing?
1: It's expression in the playing, I'll tell you. It is hard to explain. Um, what's the violin? closely resembles the voice, okay, that when you have to closely match the voice, it's difficult. Violin is the instrument for that. So when you sing with a lot of expression, you try to imitate on on an instrument, I'll tell you violin is the best instrument. I'm not being biased or anything. But because of the continuity of of the bow and um, because of not having frets, you get that continuity. So for expressive playing, it's a fantastic
0: instrument you're talking to the right person
1: uh, yeah because you're a violinist yourself
0: <laughs> i know that you use the the idea of gamaka which is the decorative yeah. aspect of the the notes am i doing that justice in my description
1: yeah yes almost there it's a special ornamentation and you can't compare the gamaka to a gliss not for a glissando, it's a special ornamentation where we try to glide, of course, gliding is one of the parts, but we try to play in the vocalized style again. See, trump card of Indian music, whether it's north or south, is Gamakas. So that is a special ornamentation technique which we play. Like, Sarigamapa Magarisa, see? There is the connect between each note. That's 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 the gamaka.
0: Okay, I know you can find descriptions of different kinds of gamaka, but is it really learnt more from imitation?
1: Imitation when it's uh, vocal, but when in instrument, we need, we need to teach the techniques. I can't just play a complicated gamaka and ask the student to imitate. No way the student is going to do that. <laughs> so then the the techniques will come in.
0: I, I spotted another project on your website, Maya Jazz.
1: Maya Jazz is my collaboration with uh, Daphna Sadeh. She's a, a Balkan uh, jazz bass player. So I have been venturing into different kinds of music. See, normally Indian music goes well with very goes well with jazz because of the improvisation concept. So, but then jazz I have done enough. So I want to do something different. And uh, she's an Israeli bass player. And then we started um, jamming up with Balkan music. Actually, we also recently recorded an album yet to come out. With. Maybe after the pandemic, at least subsides or something we would try to. So that is a a different kind of uh, approach to improvisations that we do in in the framework of the Balkan style. But I am going to stick on to my Indian style. But then again, I have to adapt to that style. The ragas, the scales, the modes are different there. I also have collaborated with the Bollywood Brass Band. Uh, That's also uh, quite challenging. We have been doing this since um, four to five years. I had to match my sound and tone and volume with uh, around 10 brass players. So that was a great challenge. But uh, I was able to do, we, we are going to come up with our second album. Uh, we have toured a lot. That is one of my favorite projects, Bollywood Bass Band. Apart from that, also there is one, uh, Raga Garage, where I have collaborated with the Western classical violinist, Robert Atchison. I always had this uh, challenge. Okay, and also wanted to call, collaborate with Western classical musicians. Because normally, I find that classical musicians are very rigid. The, the notation, everything should be in sync, in place. But that is, that is also a challenge to me. Because because for me, 1 plus 1 is not 2 always. It can be 1.5 or 2.5. But, but for classical musicians, 1 plus 1 is a 2. Right? Example, I'm saying. So I wanted to fit myself into that frame of rigidity and see how resilient I am. So, but that worked out very well. Again, I said it's compromise on both parts and Robert Hutchison is a great... I said that helped, and then ja, now again because of pandemic we have stopped it. Maybe next year we have to resume. I don't know. And then one more of my ambition was to uh, collaborate with a string quartet or a string orchestra. That that I love to do. And then I wrote a wrote an Indian violin concerto called Raga Seasons. The Raga Seasons is uh, six seasons of India, um, as against the four seasons of the West. Each season. Uh, depicted by a movement and a, an Indian rather.
0: What are the six seasons of India? There actually are, the, you measure it in, you think about it in six parts instead of four. All,
1: all, all the four seasons of the best air, plus monsoon and snow. Okay. Monsoon is a season here because if it starts raining, it keeps on raining. And it never snows <laughs> here, especially in South India. So snow, these are the two extra seasons. <laughs> okay.
0: Is that... Raga seasons. So have you actually notated this then, and, and written an entire? Sort? I have
1: notated, but we have. Not, I have not yet, um uh, released um, or recorded. Looking to release uh, uh, the raga seasons, looking for uh, takers. And what one one moment, the spring I did play with the with the LPO London Philharmonic Orchestra, when the Indian uh, Prime Minister Mr. Modi ji came to Wembley Stadium. We did one moment of that. But I have played it with different... Uh, I have a quartet version with two uh, Swedish four quartets I have played and then uh, Ligeti quartet in London. So um, I, I'm looking for, um, to collaborate with orchestras for the Raga seasons. <music> similar lines I'm composing another violin concerto called Emotions Nine. Navarasa a human is supposed to have nine emotions so I've started work on that. Apart from that I've composed lots of small pieces for the Indian violin and the orchestra
0: What instrumentation are you imagining? Is that going to be a big for a big group of musicians or Something smaller.
1: See, I'm I'm ready to tailor it because I'll always uh, see practicalities with budget and finance. It's not always possible for me to have a hundred-member philharmonic orchestra. So I'm I am ready to play with the four p four musicians, quartet to a small string orchestra of 15, 12 to fifteen is also fine. Whatever it depends.
0: It's good to hear somebody talking about the practicalities of music because it's often not discussed. We have lots of ideas yes. and not enough money, unfortunately.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: <laughs> you have been very entrepreneurial in the UK since you moved. and You've set up Dhruv, I can't say the word. Dhruv Arts, Arts. Drouf Arts. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Arts. yeah.
0: And also London International Arts Festival.
1: <laughs> when we moved to UK, we saw that South Indian music was very less represented and it was mostly North Indian music. But there are lots of takers. It's not only South Indians, um, also Sri Lankan Tamils. They go for Carnatic music and lo- lots of white people. They, they love, love Indian music. It's not that, but then we thought the South Indian Carnatic was not represented, and we started through arts mainly to promote uh, Indian music, and we started teaching, and we had we st- started with the exams for and the children in East London, and then one more thing, what we saw was the our audiences used to live in silos; they used to not go to any other concert or any other genre. That's when in 2012, the Olympics year in August, we started London International Arts Festival with, a, with an ambition to get world music to uh, south asian organizers or uh, audiences and vice versa and then it started as one in a one in one venue three days and then it went on to five days five venues it's slowly developing uh we need more support of people in fact this year will be the 10th year last year we went online we went digital yes so maybe i'll, I'll look to do um, a hybrid in in five days one day I keep it exclusively for Indian classical music and the other four one day it will be for collaborations so that's a platform it's it's both for legendary artists and upcoming artists
0: and does that take place in in the summer normally
1: no, it used to but then in summer I thought that um most of the South Asian audiences used to go back to their places India, Sri Lanka and this, this so we used to so then I shifted it to November winter
0: okay. People don't have much else to do.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, but I thought that. But loads of things happening in November, also. now. <laughs> maybe I should shift it to January or something. Where literally, they, but the other, other risk is it's too cold. People don't want to come out of their houses. <laughs> yeah,
0: nobody has any money left after after the holidays as well. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> this is obviously a difficult question, bear uh, with the current situation being a bit unknown. But what have you got lined up for the next few months and years?
1: Yeah, yeah. I have actually from through arts, we are coming up with a project. We are we got funded by the arts council called Masters of Karnataka. See, we are we won't be able to get artists for the next two years from India, and uh, uh, every year we have brought in so many artists from India because for for uh, students who learn Carnatic music and for the vast majority of Carnatic audiences there. So uh, this Masters of Karnataka is a very ambitious project where we are going to shoot concerts in film style in uh, external locations in India, mainly for the audiences of UK. And then in June, we have this Kalatma, which is um, again Indian classical music festival of three days. And then London International Arts Festival is going to go um, maybe hybrid, we have not yet planned in November. Apart from these um, workshops, classes, all that is going to go. On my personal projects, I want to come up with something called as Bangalore String Quartet, Carnatic music presented as a string quartet. So I have started to work on this and in the in the development the developing stage. So that's going to happen. Wow!
0: <laughs> and will that be with Carnatic players or will it be a mixture of players?
1: No, only I'm the, I'm the I'm the only Carnatic player. The three will be
0: Western players. Okay, that sounds really interesting. Are there any Carnatic uh, cello players or viola players that you know of?
1: Carnatic cello, no, but I have my student Justina Jablonska, who's a Polish cellist now in Edinburgh. She uh, she is trying to play uh, carnatic on the cello. She's slowly getting there. She's very passionate about
0: that. Yeah, I can sort of imagine that there's a space for that.
1: It is difficult, yeah, because the, the it's a big fingerboard and to play gamakas, it is difficult, but it's not impossible and maybe not the very fast-paced compositions. You can play slow ones, that's fine.
0: It's a long distance to travel along the the neck of the cello. It is. It is. <laughs> I know you've done a lot of recordings, and we don't have time to talk about all of them. But maybe we could just to finish, just talk about your last solo album as your Carnatic uh, recital album, Call of Bangalore.
1: Call of Bangalore was one. Actually, I have recorded two more. Have you? Um, to be released. Yeah. Of not it released. Um. Okay. Carnatic only. Yeah. Yeah. But then after Call of Bangalore, I came up with uh, Bollywood Brass Band and Nordic Raga. Now, all these I was working on. So now I have recorded two albums and also looking to record for AMC music. Yeah, all that was to take take away. And this pandemic has
0: halted everything. Yes, of course. I, I know this Call of Bangalore. I think this was the first album of yours that I heard. And it's a very beautiful yeah. album. And it was recorded in Bangalore. As well.
1: Bangalore, yeah, and got it mastered in London.
0: It's fantastic. Amazing compositions on there. Are any of those compositions yours?
1: No, no. See, I have, pl- I have played compositions from 15th century. There's another album of mine called Insight, which came before Call of Pandora there. I have played my composition at Tillana. Tillana are rhythmically intricate pieces where there is a lot of musical mathematics and syncopation. I have composed this in tillana Yes. So as I said, we go on for traditional compositions with contemporary kind of improvisations. That's the format.
0: And on that Insight album... There's a very unusual percussion instrument. Is it Thavil? Thavil, Ah,
1: yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I I have been always very adventurous. So, Mrudangam is, Thavil is uh, normally a temple instrument. You know, there's an instrument called Nagaswaram, a long reed instrument, and uh, that is supposed to be um, very old, very, very ancient instrument and uh, used for auspicious occasions like marriages, and in temples daily they perform. So there they don't use microphones. So this thawil, it's, it's a two-sided drum. One side you hit it with stick, another side with the fingers. It has it a, f- a different kind of texture and tone. So I just wanted to do something different, so I tried it, tried out thawil with mridangam kind of combination, and it worked out.
0: If someone wants to get in- interested in Carnatic music, either as a listener or trying to play it, where's a good place for them to start?
1: The now, online stuff you have too much of material, YouTube, maybe. But the thing is, where, what to listen, where to listen, who is good that is the million dollar question. I would say let them just go and uh, uh, maybe say compositions of Tyagaraja. See, like we have this Trinity composers in Carnatic music like the western classical trinity composers so maybe you can start with uh, tyagaraja who was um, one of the foremost of the trinity composers tyagaraja compositions you can start and you can just l- start listening to the structure of the compositions how it is so you see basically carnatic music it it has to be taught by a guru even in, in north indian it comes through a guru to a student in those days the, the student used to go and live in with the guru for nine to 10 years and learn the art. It, it's, it's not as easy as learning just some small song, go to YouTube and learn, no. It has a lot of syntax, grammar, that that once you get into the group, okay, you can. It, you can explore on your own. But getting into the group, that's where you need the guru's help.
0: Jotson, I think that's a nice place to, to wrap up, unless there's anything else you'd like to add. I just uh,
1: pray for the world and um, this covid is killing so many people and it has hard hit the artists especially i hope the situation comes down but again you know the second year third wave, fourth wave. i feel this we keep on going uh, we, we must we must wait and watch
0: and i think in an artistic sense the, the most important thing then is for anybody who is who wants to support the arts to, to go and buy music not just stream it go and pay for concerts go and donate Absolutely. donate to an Absolutely. artist go, go and get music lessons even
1: Absolutely, that would help. Yeah.
0: yeah. Don't just expect the music to uh, sustain itself.
1: No, music is not free. <laughs> yes.
0: So go by, go, go find Jodsnar's website. Go find her CDs and uh, see what she's up to and and help keep all this wonderful art going into the future. Jodsnar, thank you for joining me from from so far away.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Turquoise Coconut is a UK-based independent record label. For information about releases, videos, collaborations and more,
1: head to turquoisecoconut.com or find us on Facebook. Turquoise Coconut. New music for curious ears.